everyone, this is Tim with Online Big Blue, bringing you the best of New York Giants Sports Talk Team. It's time to roll out. We got the Chicago Bears coming into the Met Life on Sunday. Want to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau. Want to talk about Evan Neal. Want to talk about a couple things that have been irking me. Yes, and things irk me. But I want to give a big shout out to um, all the subscribers and 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 the ones that have reached out to Black Rifle Coffee uh, to try to get me a sponsorship. I got I got to reach out to I got to give a big thanks to the Rover who actually sent an email. I also have to give a big thank out to shout out to Hardy Rider who also sent an email. I got to give a big shout out to Luis who also went and bought some pumpkin spice and uh, giants among men. And there was one other person who I cannot remember, but I got to give a big shout out to them who also went on the website and purchased some of the pumpkin spice coffee, the greatest coffee in the world, the nectar of the gods. I'm drinking it right as we speak. So big shout out to that. You know what? Uh, it, it's just one of those things, man, that you, you just can't stay enough about the people that support this channel because you know what? And that was the wrong that was the wrong sound effect. That was not my showing of support sound effect. I have to give my showing of a sports my showing of support sound effect. I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. But you special, man. You reached out and you touched it by the heart. You're all special to me. Y'all reached out. And I love everyone. Uh, I want to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal because I see some crap on Twitter. And I know. I have to stay off the cesspool of the world known as Twitter that fans are already throwing in the towel, that the fans are already saying the Kayvon Thibodeau and both Evan Neal were a mistake. They're already busts after one game, after maybe 20 plus snaps. Oh, dear Lord. Please relax. Give the let them work themselves or let and Kayvon Thibodeau's case, let him work himself back in the shape. He's been out for four weeks. Let him work himself into playing shape. Please, same with Evan Neal. Evan Neal's played three games in the pros. These are the same people that probably wanted to dump our old buddy, Andrew Thomas, after his rookie season, but now are in love with him. Dear Lord, when, when did the intelligent level of certain fans just drop considerably? It's been a hiccup. Same thing with Wondell Robinson. Wondell Robinson, yeah, hasn't hasn't even you know made a handful of plays before he got injured. But let's see what happens before we call him a bust. People are sitting there, and I love it because someone pointed out on the stream yesterday, and it, it kind of freaked me out. Potentially, we could be waiting half a decade before we figure out what Daniel Jones is. But you are throwing the baby out with the bathwater in reference to Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau because they did not play well because they struggled a little. Because they did things that, I don't know, rookies do. We need to be smart. And I've talked, and I haven't given this, this speech in a while, but we need to be smarter than this. And not all of us. There's a, it's a very small segment. And it's usually those that complain the loudest get the most attention. So it's a very small segment that is doing this. But we just have to remember these poor guys are rookies. You got Kayvon, who's got 20-plus snaps under his belt. And, and if that's the same scenario you're going with, then we got to get rid of Aziz Ojolari. Please, just relax. They're going to be fine. Even Andrew Thomas has confidence that Evan Neal will bounce back. He had a bad game. He had a bad game as a rookie against an all-pro rusher. I'm not upset with that. Sorry. Not upset with that whatsoever. What I am a little upset with is the play calling. I talked about this, and I, I briefly touched this on uh, touched this 
touched this, uh, touched on this. That's what she said. Say that ten times fast during the stream. I don't understand how Saquon Barkley only gets 18 touches, only 14 carries, four receptions, 18 total touches. He needs at least 25 to 30 touches a game for the Giants' offense to hum. And for the third week in a row, we did not turn to Saquon until the third quarter, until the second half. And I don't get why, because we've done this now in three separate games. We wait until the third quarter to get him involved. Let's get him involved. Let's get him involved from Jump Street. Let's get him involved right away. You do not set up the run with the pass. You set up the pass. I mean, excuse me. You do not set up the pass for the run. You use the run to set up the pass. So consistently throwing Daniel Jones, it's just not working, considering the fact that he's not looking downfield and he's all he's doing is checking down. Is that by design? I don't know. I, 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 I literally can't tell you. But what I can tell you is when you're not using your best offensive weapon until the third quarter, there's a problem. If you see your line is having an issue protecting your quarterback, you check out as a quarterback. You check out to a run. You audible out. Or as an offensive coordinator, you say, okay, the offensive defensive line is being overly aggressive against our offensive line because they know they're getting pressure. Let's run a draw. Let's run a delayed handoff. Let's take advantage of the over-aggressiveness of the defense. There's nothing wrong with that. That's probably what you should do. But when your second half adjustment only consists of running Saquon Barkley more, that's a problem. I have I have an issue with that. And I don't have a lot, I don't have a lot of issues with the giant coaching staff right now because you know what? You're two and one. You're an unexpected two and one. You may be an ugly two and one, but like I said, there's there's no column in the one loss column that says ugly win. No. But the problem is you have to make adjustments. You have to do things that will allow you to take advantage of the overaggressiveness of the defense. And if you're having an issue protecting the pass, what's the most logical thing to go to? Go to the run. You go to the run. And then if they're going to put seven, eight in boxes, stop the run, then you go to play action. It's not a crazy thought process. What was a crazy thought process was I saw, um, I was listening to the radio, WFAN, and uh, Boomer Science had mentioned uh, that potentially trading Saquon Barkley. I don't think that's a crazy idea. Basically what he says, if Saquon Barkley can do what he's doing and he isn't traded by the trade deadline, and, and that's a serious thing that I think the Buffalo Bills would love to look at, Saquon is probably as good now as he'll ever be in the NFL. Why would the Giants keep him? Especially if they get a reasonable good draft pick. The Bills would love to have a top-end running back and give the Giants a second or third round pick. You would have to consider it if you were the Giants. I mentioned yesterday on the stream that you could probably get like a three and a six for Saquon. And that three could probably turn into a two if he plays X amount of games or if the other team makes the playoffs. And that is something you would have to look at because if you don't feel that Saquon is going to be worth signing a long-term contract for the next in 2023, you're going to have to move on and at least get something for him. We've, we've talked about this a million times before about getting something for players that you are not going to have value for in 2023. And I don't think it's a crazy, I don't think it's a crazy idea. I mentioned it on the stream yesterday. Just move on from him and get something of value. Get if you can get a second for him, I would I would jump at it. You get a three and a six, I would jump on that as well. Because if he's not going to be in your master plan in 2023, you got to move on from him. You have to do what the smart thing that our old buddy DeShane did with Daniel Jones and not pick up the option. You have to. 
And then if you don't pick up the option of Dan Jones, you have to look at you know moving on from Saquon Barkley and picking up and getting assets. And then moving moving a different direction in 2023 with your running back situation, which is easy to do because you can find a running back later in the draft. That's not that's not a problem. That's not an issue. But moving on from him is probably what we're going to have to end up doing. Also, I'll just briefly touch on the wide receivers. You, you, you see it now that the, the Giants probably at this week, this week only, is, is not going to go out and go out and find a wide receiver. That they are probably going to, they're going to stick with what they have in-house, which is the smart thing to do because honestly, are you going to bring, you, you have a short week, are you really going to bring someone in this late in the game and try to bring them in, get them into the lineup, unless you bring them back to someone like Alex Bachman? But we have to stop the David Sills experiment. Please, can we just stop it? You got to roll Darius Slayton out there. You got to roll Kenny G out there. You hopefully you got to get Kadarius Tony back. But can we just stop the David Sills experiment, please? I I I am tired of people that are fans of the Eagles or the Commanders or the Cowboys, and I got some Dolphin friends and some Lions friends that make fun of me because we are starting David Sills, and they're all waiting for the wrong way David Sills sound effect. Because they all know outside of looking outside the giant bubble that he is not a starting NFL wide receiver. Hell, he can't even play special teams. He can't return kicks. Richie James, who is, he is, he's like Popeye. I've said it before. He is what he is. He's a fifth year pro who is a kick, who can return kicks, who can return punts, and he'll get you about 50 yards a game receiving and maybe, and maybe turn around and break one. Which is, which is fine, which is, which is what we need, which is exactly what we need to have. Because at the end of the day, that's what you want from a guy that should be a third or fourth wide receiver. He should be able to get you some yardage and play special teams. David Sills just cannot do those things. It's time to end the, it's time to end the experiment. It, it, it is getting horrifying to see him on the field at times now. And, you know, and you hope, and, and I don't think it'll happen because, you know, I don't think Shane and Dable are, are like that. I, but because I've seen that you've seen them move on from guys. But I also don't want to get them enamored with him because he's a practice player. And, and, and we've said this a million times before. There is a level between the major leagues and AAA. I always call it quadruple A because it's guys that are too good to be AAA but not good enough to be in the majors. That's what David Sills is. He is a, quadrup- he is a quadruple A player. So if we could just please stop that. I'll, I'll, I'll be extremely happy with that. We also got a big show coming up today with the pod three twelve one podcast with OGR sports talking about all that fun stuff, doing all those fun things. We're going to be talking about the giants and the Cowboys briefly. We're going to jump into the bears game. And for those that are online, big blue members and followers of the podcast. Bonus clip. Stay tuned for the bonus clip. And if you did, ju- if you did just stay tuned, this is the bonus clip. Bonus clip. I was taking a look at some uh, articles today, and one of the articles was on um, uh, NewJersey.com. It, w- it was Daniel Jones deserves better than to be ranked the 25th quarterback in the NFL. And I love it because I guess uh, Mark Stressler did a list of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, and he ranks Daniel Jones as 25th. Uh, I guess he is with the NFL Network. Um, And I laugh because, um, you know, these lists are always subjective. He is with the NFL Network. And I laugh because all these lists are subjective. And and this guy on the New York, uh, NewJersey.com, 
was saying, well, these there is quarterbacks above Daniel Jones, or you know that I would take that I would take above Daniel Jones, and I'm looking at it because I go down the list and I laugh because he's actually got giant, he's also got him ranked 24th, and Jones moved up two spots. The quarterbacks above him are Geno Smith. Now I would take Daniel Jones over Geno Smith in a heartbeat. The other one is Marcus Mariota. Now uh, you know what? Honestly, I would probably call that a push. Uh, the way he played with the Falcons. And like I said, he's he's getting his feet back underneath him. Um, he moves around with his legs a lot, which is something that Daniel Jones does. You know, he's completed 62 passes in two games for 411 yards for two touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, and also on the list, you have Matt Ryan, Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, uh, Jimmy Garofalo, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Kyle David Carr, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrows, Tua, Hurts, and then we also got Kyler Murray, Matthew Stadford, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. There's probably, out of those 23 other quarterbacks, there's only probably one, one or two that I would not take over Daniel Jones. And And that's just being blatantly honest. And for sitting there to say, well, he deserves a better ranking because of the fact that it's the way the system is. No, it's not the way the system is. If you go by the, I hate the QBR ranking that ESPN, ESPN has changed. I like the old system the way it was. And currently right now, you, using the current passer rating system, Jones is ranked 23rd. I think that's too high for Jones. And there are multitudes of quarterbacks that, again, that I would take over Daniel Jones if you go by the QR ranking. And the QBR ranking, you have, okay, I love it. You have Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. I will stop, I will read the names and I will stop up names that I would not take over, that players I would not take over Daniel Jones. Russell Wilson, Cousins, Tannehill, Carr, Burroughs, Mariota, Stafford, Garofalo, Brady, Wentz, Rush, Goff, uh, Jacoby Brissett, I would probably not change. Well, no, what? If you're going by a seasonal average, yes, I would take jo- Jaco- I would take Jacoby Brissett over Daniel Jones. Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Geno Smith, uh, Geno Smith, his QBR rating is actually higher than Daniel Jones. And if we take a look at Geno Smith statistically right now, he's got three games, 102 yards, 102 attempts, 77 completions, 717 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, and a partridge and a pear tree. Actually, if you're going by that ranking, if you're going by the QBR ranking, I would take Geno Smith over Daniel Jones. Uh, you also have Trevor Lawrence, uh, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, LaVar, La- La- and uh, Tua. Now, if you look at the quarterbacks below Daniel Jones, there's, are there quarterbacks that I would take over Daniel Jones that are below him? Kyler Murray, yes. I would not take Baker Mayfield. I would probably take Jameis Winston. I would not take Flacco. I would not take Mills. I might take Trubisky. I might take Matt Ryan. <clears throat> and honestly, uh, Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Uh, I probably would not take Fields, but I would probably take Mac Jones. And again, this is from an honest QBR assessment. But I find it funny that, that people, are, that people are, have this love affair all of a sudden in the New Jersey media for Daniel Jones. They do. And I love it because you have so many guys that are just, you know, terrible. You, you really do. You have so many. And, and you, you can include Daniel Jones in the list of these guys that aren't terrible. And I love it because then this guy concluded, here are my list of the 15 quarterbacks that I want my running my team in the next three years. He wrote Allen, Mahomes, Burroughs, Hurts, Lawrence, Tua, Herbert, Jackson, Murray, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, Wilson, and Mariota. I, will, he, so you're going to put 
Daniel Jones above Goff, Deshaun Watson, Wilson. That's crazy. I think people need to understand and people need to look at this Daniel Jones situation and look at it for what it's worth. We've talked about this in the past. People are like, well, he doesn't have time to throw. But then I bring up the stat that he has the most time to throw in the pocket in the league. At one point, he was number one at 3.1 seconds. And even after last week's debacle, he fell down the fifth in the league, but he was still over two and a half seconds. That's a, that's a problem. Then when I looked at the, then I brought up the fact that if you look at the yards, the ball travels right now, Daniel Jones is last in the league in reference to the ball, the number of yards, the ball travels in the air. He's last in the league. That's a problem. People want to talk about how he handled the pressure. Great. You know what the best thing about him handling the pressure was? He didn't fumble. Nobody's talking about the fact that he didn't check out of certain plays. That he didn't make any line adjustments or line shifts. Nobody wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about he didn't call an audible. No one wants to talk about the fact that you know you're having problems with your line. Why don't you call a couple line shifts? Why don't you take some people out of their designated assignment in the pass routes and put them into pass blocking? That's what the quarterback does. Eli Manning had the worst line in the world in 2011. Had a terrible line in the world 2011. God awful. Probably one of the worst lines in the league, and he got destroyed in the 49ers playoff game. Destroyed, but he still throws for over 300 yards, no interceptions, and two touchdowns, and leads the Giants to the Super Bowl. Daniel Jones has yet to throw for over 200 yards in three games. And that is just disrespectful. As, and, of course, the, do- the dogs the dogs don't even—the dogs agree with me because even—who let the dogs out? The dogs are barking right now about how terrible it is. He has no instincts in the pocket. He has no blindside awareness. He has no frontside awareness. There was, play, there was a play where DeMarcus, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence went around Evan Neal. And it, went, it took him like a half hour to get around Evan Neal. He was coming into Daniel Jones' face. He was facing Daniel Jones directly. Daniel Jones, all he had to do was turn his head slightly to the inside, and he would have saw the rush. He didn't even feel him. I mentioned it before. It reminds me of the Marcus Golden hit. From two years ago, Marcus Golden wrecked Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones fumbled. Daniel Jones didn't see him. The only good thing about Daniel Jones is was is that he did not fumble last week. That was the only good thing about it. And the people want to blame David Sills for the slip. I was there. Daniel Jones had a clean pocket. He stepped up. He rocketed. He threw the ball with such velocity, even if he did not slip David Sills. That ball was not going to get near Sills. It was going to get intercepted because of the fact that David Sills slipped as the ball was going past him. That's how much velocity Daniel Jones threw with that pass. David Sills was like a good four or five yards away from where the ball ended up. But why don't we want to talk about that? Why Why don't we want to talk about the issues in the red zone? Why don't we want to talk about the dismalness in the red zone that we still have to rely on Graham Gano? We all panicked when Gano got his field goal blocked. Why don't we want to talk about that? Everyone wants Daniel Jones to be the man so badly. Not everyone, a certain segment of fans. And I mentioned it before. A subscriber said it on the stream yesterday. We might be waiting half a decade to figure out what Daniel Jones is. And, I, and it dawned on me, I was like, oh my God, he's right. It'll be all, it could be five years in the making, five years of being terrible, waiting for this kid to become something. And I've told, the, I've told this story before. I've spoken to someone who's worked in the NFL for at least 30 years. He's now retired. And I spoke to him about Daniel Jones. 
And his thing about Daniel Jones was this, and it was extremely simple. He said, I've talked to teams around the league. I've talked to, you know, I've talked to other former general managers and certain, certain people that still work in general manager staffs. And no one outside of New York believes in Daniel Jones. And I said, what happens in 2023 when he hits the market? His thought, thought philosophy was, you are looking at a guy that's going to be a backup. No one's going to give Daniel Jones a starting job. And that's scary, and that's kind of sad, considering the fact that we're still, certain fan segments are still holding out the fact that Daniel Jones is the quarterback messiah. Brian Dable can sit there and tell us how he's shown improvement each week. His stats have gotten worse each week. And yes, you can blame the offensive line, you can blame the wide receivers, but there are other teams in this league who have bad offensive line, bad wide receivers, who excel, who understand. Joe Burrows has a terrible offensive line, and he's got good wide receivers, but Chase, uh, Jamar Chase isn't doing much right now. But that's okay, because they're still moving the ball, and they're still scoring points. If we do not have Graham Gano, we are only scoring maybe 10 points a game, 12 points a game, and our red zone efficiency is still god-awful. But we're going to blame everyone but the quarterback. And I find it funny, because when Eli Manning was here, Eli Manning took the blame literally for everything for everything. But that's okay. But with Daniel Jones, nothing's his fault. And he's showing... Daniel Jones, the Giants have scouted six different quarterbacks in the first three, four weeks of the college football season. They've already scouted six different quarterbacks. This should tell you something right there in their mindset. And I know Dable and Shane are smart enough to understand that sometimes another man's garbage is just garbage. And I'm not saying Daniel Jones is garbage, but what I am saying is you have to look at the flaws. You cannot sit there and say, well, he deserves better because he kept the Giants in the game. No, he did not keep the Giants in the game. Graham Gano kept the Giants in the game. The defense kept the Giants in the game. And honestly, the Cowboys kept themselves out of the game by making all the mistakes that they did and dropping passes for touchdowns. And the Giants got lucky that that Darnie Holmes mugged the guy in the end zone and got away with it but that's okay. We don't want to talk about that. In the New York media, we want to build up a guy as a Messiah who hasn't done anything. He's 14 and 26 as a starter. The fewest points in the NFL since the start of 2020. That's what we have to measure in reference to his limitations. That's what we have to look at. We can't just look at everything that does not go right for Daniel Jones. Everything's gone wrong for Daniel Jones. What about the times he has a clean pocket? What about the times he has wide receivers open? What about those times? Do we ever talk? Do we ever want to talk about that? No, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to. We don't want to mention those issues. All we want to talk about is how he held up against the rush. Phil Simms took a beating for years. Eli Manning took a beating for years. Y.A. Tittle took a beating for years. Y.A. Tittle took a beating and was the NFL League MVP for the Giants. Most people don't know that. Charlie Connolly took a beating for years, and he was a two-time NFL MVP for the Giants. But nobody wants to talk about that. We want to talk about how the quarterback Messiah can go out there and take a beating. It doesn't take a man to take a beating. It takes a man to understand what's being done and what's going, doing things, what's gone wrong, and then moving away from those things. And Daniel Jones just does not have the ability to make those adjustments. So great, he didn't fumble. We should erect a statue.